welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey, y'all, it's Jenny McGrew. Welcome to the Wilco Podcast once again. Uh, We're so pumped for this episode number 22 Uh, with our good friend John Egan, who talks about Sherpas. Yes, worship leading in Sherpas. Uh, He's got some great metaphors to bring to you, to open up your eyes, to see things probably that you've never seen before. Uh, This episode is called Belonging to the Mountain, and uh, we're just so grateful for the insight and revelation that he brings. So, you know, if you've been in a season um, where it's just been tough, you know, and uh, we've all been in that season where it's just it's kind of chewy and it's kind of feels like you got to put one foot in front of the other and you keep wondering uh, when seeing another mountain, when you get to the top of another mountain uh, is going to come to an end because we're all hoping just to see that oasis and that valley. Um, but I know that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. And if God has called us to this season, then he's graced us for this hour. So we pray that you would know with all your heart, you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Uh, Get ready for a great message from John. Okay, guys. Well, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us and so glad to have our dear friend, John Egan with us from New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, John, this is probably the third time second for sure if not third time i think that you've been with us and uh, there's always been such good feedback hey you guys if you've heard john speak before um you just know what a treat that you're going to be in for and Mm. uh john um I, i just love the way that john ministers it's just so refreshing it's like you're just all sitting on a couch together and he's just speaking to you as family amen and uh, I've just, you know, you can just see that John really carries that heart and that spirit of family within him. So feels like home whenever John's in the room. Uh, so John, thank you for being with us today. You're welcome, Jenny. Yeah. Wow. It is like home. I've got coffee. Yeah. And I, I encourage all of you guys to grab a warm beverage. There we go, Vanessa. Jenny, you got your Starbucks. You only paid $17 for that. So no problem. Yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap. Good. <laughs> It's um, oh, you guys, it's such a pleasure really to hang out with you guys. Yeah, I hope I love what Jenny said. It's just if we could just actually imagine ourselves in a living room right now, because this we've got all I think we've probably all gotten a little bit better at the Zoom thing because of the necessities of our reality over the last you know year and a half. But it's still it's, it doesn't compare to being in the same room and getting to um, be with one another. So but uh, um yeah, I'll just jump in, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, I just want to say Jenny and Jake, who's not with us at the moment, but it's some of my favorite people. And they're just, I just feel like they're of the few. Um, so they're just uniquely gifted to lead this community. I cannot endorse it more. 
And I love you guys. Uh, Big Jake. Okay. You're just amazing. I'm serious. Okay. And I just love Wilco and the collective. We need each other, you guys. And wherever you are right now, whatever season you're, you're in that you find yourself, maybe you are loving life right now, or maybe, maybe you're terrified of the next time you have to lead worship. Um, I want to tell you that I've felt all of that. Um, I have felt, um, yeah, just with my face to the sun going, I can't believe I get to do this. And this is the greatest thing ever. And then I've had my face in my hands saying, Oh God, if this cup can pass before me, I really would love to not ever have to be in front of another person again, because I'm just out of my mind, fearful. Um, and Jesus has proven his faithfulness over the, over the many years uh, in that area. I just a little about me, if you guys don't, I don't know. I taught, yeah, I taught Wilco grow uh, a few months, a few months back. Um, and it was, it was a blast. And then I've done, uh, we've done some Instagram things with, uh, with Wilco, Jenny and I for uh, a few times when I released an album a couple of years ago, but so yeah, it is kind of good to be back to be back, but I'm in Colorado Springs up in the mountains. I've been here 20 years. Uh, last time I spoke, Wilco Grow was, it was like a month or two before my 20 year anniversary. So since we chatted, I celebrated 20 years at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, which is just really, really amazing. Um, it was really a marker time for me. I, two years ago, I turned 40 and that was a marker thing. And then and then July, I, I went 20 years anniversary at New Life. And that that is, um, it's just really cool. I found my my wife here at New Life on my first day, uh, twenty over twenty years ago. First day, first morning, first ten minutes of my employment. You, you know, you would think I would be a little bit more focused on my new job, and I should have been, but uh, I saw her, and that changed everything. So, um, we got three kids. We got twins who are thirteen years old, um, Jones and Izzy, a boy and girl twins. I'm a twin. My dad's a twin. It is strong among our family, the force. Uh, my dad's a twin and he's, his dad is, is not a twin, but he's got, well, he had, my grandfather died now, but he had uh, two sets of twins in his family. So it is strong. If anybody wants twins, I'll pray for you. Um, but uh, at 20 years of new life, I've seen the best of humanity and I've seen the worst of humanity. Um, I've seen the best of my own humanity. I've seen the worst of my own humanity. And it's the beauty of, of this uh, beauty of staying in one place for as long as you can. I know that's not possible for everyone. And also I know the Lord just, the Lord, um, he, he uproots and then he plants somewhere else. He does that. But if you could stay in one place for as long as is 20 years, you get to see just the amazing faithfulness of Jesus throughout it all. We, we saw our founding pastor 14 years ago um, was fired because of a moral uh, moral failing scandal and he was a real public figure um, and that was just embarrassing and shameful and painful we were writing music at the time we were doing all this um we were busy and um and then our world imploded um and there's attacks from the outside are one thing because you can kind of come together and band together but when it's from the inside that is really something that's difficult to recover from. And then as we were trying to recover from that, we got a new pastor. Uh, so it was 13 months after the scandal, we had a shooting um, right after, as church was getting out and a young guy and he 
he he killed uh there was two teenagers that we lost that day two precious teenagers that we lost and then he also took his own life and it was that was so that was 13 months after that so that in the 20 years i've been at new life i've just seen the deepest pain i've seen the deepest weakness um and then i've seen the church rise gloriously i've seen the ruins become a wall again i've seen um, I've seen actual miracles and the type of thing that you could only experience when you experience just brutal pain. And it's a big part of our story. And I always want to just share it before I dive into anything because, because it's part of who I am. It's, it's, it's part of our testimony, right? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I just want to just say that when I'm here speaking to you, like I, I'm really honored to be able to do this and it's amazing, but I don't count myself, um, I don't count myself worthy to be doing that because of, of what I experienced, but I, I count myself um, confident to be able to do it because I limp. Um, I count myself um, able to do it because I've seen life on my knees in weakness and powerlessness. And I've seen when Jesus talks to Paul and says, he says, um, um, I'm not going to remove this pain because my grace is sufficient and my power will be made perfect in your weakness it's it's such a wonderful thing to quote such a wonderful thing people kind of like that like i'm feeling on a bad day but his power is made perfect in our weakness how about when you've been shot at you know how about when there's embarrassment deep within that you'll think you'll never recover from and your reputation has been garnished and how I'll tell you what was exposed in that season how much i loved a good reputation and what if the world looks at you differently all of a sudden what then what would be left? That is life on your face. And then to see the Lord come through. That was, th that was 13 years ago, that shooting. And here we are now as a church, still here. You know, we're not a, we're not a used car parking lot. Still here and not just surviving, but thriving, doing so well. The body of Christ has just grown. It's like really spoken to the grit of God. Like God is gritty. You guys, he is not safe. He is not, um, he's not um, just kind of dancing around and like, let's just do some sort of life together. He's ready to fight with us. He's ready to get into the dirt with us. And also, you know who else is gritty? Is the people of God. That's what we've seen here in Colorado Springs. The people of God have stuck it out and it's just been amazing. So, and also that time of weakness, you know, over a decade ago, it formed my theology of worship uh, more than any time in my life. Um, because, because life was real, you know, like it is for so many people around the world. Like it is for probably for many of you right now in the situation that you're living in. So I'm just telling you, I get it. I'm with you. And we're in this thing together. A few months ago when I talked at, uh, at Wilco, I talked about the, that we're all on this journey together. We talked about the songs of ascent, right? The Psalms, those, that, that handful of Psalms in the, uh, toward the end of the book of Psalms that were just the Hebrew pilgrims used to sing these songs as they would go up to the temple to worship a few times a year. It was long journeys. It was sweaty journeys. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's our world as worship leaders, isn't it? That's our work. Our world as as Christians, as believers, it's a sweaty journey, but, and we lose people along the way. We gain people along the way, but we're all in it together and i love that picture of ascending together as we sing songs i mean the book of psalms right and smack in the middle of the bible is this long book of psalms songs that we're still singing generations later these songs and now here we are as worship leaders and songwriters trying to write the modern psalmists 
to create songs that people are singing along the journey, along the ascent, um, doing our best to do it. And that's why it gets so silly, doesn't it? When, when we take that so seriously of, of when there's celebrity or there's fame or it seems silly. It's like, no, there's psalmists writing songs to help people along this journey. And that the fact they get all this credit for that is, is funny to me because it's, it is a bit of a survival move. I, we need to sing songs that calm our anxious hearts and sing songs to declare great realities of where we're going, whether we feel it yet or not. And we get to be a part of that, but we're joining in something that's already happened that people have done successfully for thousands of years. And we not only are we doing that, but we're often taking from their songs. You know, we're actually borrowing from the songs or borrowing from those songs that have been written long before us. And it's funny that we put our shoulders back and say, aren't we amazing? And if no, we're not, we're, I mean, we're called and we belong to a greater family. So anyway, that is me talking to you and it's overwhelming for me to be able to do that. Jenny, Jake, thank you for, for letting me do that. And guys, thanks for hopping on zoom and being in your homes or being in your offices or wherever. It's a big deal to me. I really feel amazed by that. So I'm not going to waste, I'm going to do my best not to waste your time today. I want to talk about, I just want to like actually add to what I talked about a few months ago. Awesome. I, I really love pictures. I love metaphor. Um, I've heard a theologian say that metaphor is one of the last remaining languages that people are going to understand um, because we're just getting hit with information at such an alarming rate for our brains that we're actually not quite even computing it. We're not, we're not able to actually absorb the information. So metaphor helps people go, oh, got it. So the metaphor of like ascending or walking um, to the temple of the Lord, that's our journey. And then I have this, I told Jenny, I, like, I want to talk about Sherpas. And it's just so random. But years ago, I thought I was, I got into this Mount Everest show on Discovery Channel and I was just floored by Sherpas. So Sherpas are these, it's an ethnic group of people right around in Tibet born there on Everest, in the base of Everest. And they are engrafted into the culture there to help people climb Mount Everest, the highest mountain in the world. The big, on top of the world is what everyone says when you summit Everest. It's people from all over the world pay big money to go climb Everest. And these Sherpas who live there help them climb but they don't just help them climb. They actually like create the routes for them to climb. They actually carry the gear for them to climb. They actually like, they act in all these different ways. And I just thought, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever seen a better picture for what worship leaders are than these Sherpas. So I want to dive into a few things about what makes these Sherpas so amazing. They actually call them like the superheroes or the superhuman superhumans of Everest. And it's not people, here's what's interesting, it's not people that you know their names, they, but they're the ones who are climbing circles around all the people that you do know their names. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who actually made a way for the people that you do know their names. There are those who have gone before the people, like worship leaders, right? We all love as worship leaders. We all love Second Chronicles 20, and we should love it. It's one of the most epic worship stories of the worshipers, right? They go out front before the army. They go first. Um, they go before the people, these are the Sherpas. And, but in St. Chronicles 20, you never hear about those singers again. 
you hear the story of the ambush that the Lord uh, sent on the enemy armies. And then you see, you hear about all the people that are, uh, they're celebrating, they're walking back to the city. They're not praising the singers. They're praising the Lord. It's so similar with uh, Sherpas. So I want to like, just talk about a few things about these characteristics of Sherpas. And this is something I've thought about for years in this class for you guys, like gave me the chance to dive in, dive in even deeper. Um, so I'm kind of testing it out on you guys. So bear with me. Um, but I'm just so fascinated by it. Um, I've even looked into going to Everest. I don't think I'm going to climb it. Um, I'm not going to climb it. What am I saying? We'll pray for you. Yeah, please. But like base camp is like 17,000 feet. I live in Colorado Springs, which is 6,000 feet. People come here. I just saw a comment said, do it. Thank you. If you come with me, I'll do it. I live at 6,000 feet and people come here visiting Colorado. They walk up three stairs and they are wheezing because of the altitude. So base camp alone is 17,000 feet. So I'm at 6,000 feet. So there are trips to base camp. That's another story. So here's something cool about Sherpa. So if you're taking any notes, write this down. It's in your name. Hmm. So Sherpa, it, it's, it means people of the East. It's Sherpa is, so people think, what's a Sherpa? Oh, Sherpas are the guides that help people climb Everest. Yes, that's true. They are, it is, it actually describes what they do. They're Sherpas, but also it's all of the Sherpas. It's all of their last name is Sherpa hmm. because they just do first names. So the last name being Sherpa. So it's like saying, so it's it, the cool part about that is that they all know who they are because they all share the same name. You know, I am talking to you guys as worship leaders. We all share the same name. We all bear the same name in first okay. in first Peter. It's first Peter. He says it. He says, praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So it's like saying, I'm, I'm John. I can say I'm John Egan. Oh, that's what a unique person. And, John Egan, but it's it's really it's 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 like I've um, I'm worship leader John Egan. Worship leader is what I do, but actually my last name is also worship leader. Or it's like McGrew, Jenny McGrew. It's like oh, here's your McGrew for the class. Your McGrew is Jenny McGrew. Your Sherpa is Tenzing Sherpa, and it's just amazing. So it's we are the family. The whole the whole smash of the narrative of scripture is God bringing us into a family and calling us all his own. And I think it's another, it's a great reminder of like the insecurities that run rampant in, in, in worship ministry that we are all called by, we all have a father. We are all brothers and sisters in this thing. We all belong to each other. We lead worship at, I do this desperation conference every year with thousands of teenagers. And I tell them that every year, it's like, we belong to each other. We are the family of God. Don't sweat going off to make something big of yourself belong. Come into the family. So I just thought that was such a cool thing when I discovered that about Sherpas. It's all of their names. They were born there and they were named that. So they, it is not just, you are not just a worship leader is what you do. You're a worship leader. That's who you are. Come on. You are not just you just believe in god because it's something you believe it is who you are and i just say that over you you've been born into this you have an ethnicity that says that you can do this it's in your blood so that was like that's one of the first things it's in your name because it's in your name because you were born on this mountain as worship leaders um you have so 
if you were to write a second point, um, just write acclimate. So like I was talking about people coming to Colorado Springs and they can't even breathe because of the altitude. So Everest is, is base camp is 17,000 feet. The summit is 29,000 feet. So these, the Sherpas who are born there on the base of the mountain, they have years of living at this high altitude. So it's allowed their bodies to adapt genetically to these, to, to the lower oxygen. So they have this ability in their bloodstream. So this is what happens when people from sea level go try to climb it. Um, their red blood cells, just a little, just to geek out just for a second, like the red blood cells fill their veins um, because of the lack of oxygen, but because the blood thickens in their system, they can't actually absorb oxygen and it's already thinner oxygen. So they, they can't breathe, but these Sherpas have this superhuman thing because they spent all this time. They were born into us as generations in their blood. And then they were, then they've lived on the mountain. So they, they have acclimatized to the mountain. And I just thought, I just thought the mountain of the Lord with the metaphor of the mountain of the Lord, worship leaders, we need to spend enough. Time. We've been born into it, but have we spent enough time on the mountain to acclimate to the altitude of the presence of Jesus? Come on. Or are we, mo- so in an article I read on national geographic, they're saying that they're saying that Sherpas actually end up having to stay. They have to stay there. They could travel to sea level, but they say when they go down to sea level, they feel what people feel when they go up to Everest. When they go down to sea level, they are exhausted, tired. And I was thinking for us as, as worship leaders, or as believers, as people in the family of God, we have to stay in the presence of Jesus. We have to stay on the mountain of God or it messes up our breathing. We have to breathe in the Holy Spirit, which is called the breath of God in scripture, or it messes up our life because we acclimate we can help others acclimate. So these Sherpas, they bring these guys in to, to climb Everest. And it's an amazing journey that people, so if we're bringing in people to worship, we're helping people worship Jesus. We're helping people find Jesus. And we're saying the whole, the presence of God um, is something that is, is life forming and life changing. We can come out of a place like, look at us, how we breathe here. Look at how we operate here. Look at how we, we live here. Um, it's just really, really cool. Um, Keller talks about the presence of God. I love this quote. I've always said, to stand in the presence of God, that is what the gospel is. To stand in the presence of God. The gospel is not primarily about forgiveness. It's not primarily about good feelings. It's not primarily about power. All those things are byproducts. They're sparks. It's primarily about the presence of God. And when you get into the presence of God, when you breathe at that altitude, when you acclimate to the presence of God, that sparks forgiveness, that sparks living a life of security, that sparks identity, that sparks all those things. And we can now live in that way where we could help others do that. We, I love, I love studying worship. I love strategy, but it's not strategy that leads to more of the presence of God. It's the presence of God that leads to better strategies. It's the presence of Jesus that leads to more truth in our life Mm -hmm. so we need to be people who spend time lots of it on the mountain come on you guys all know psalm 27 one thing i ask from the lord this do i seek to gaze right to dwell on in the house of the lord all all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the lord and to seek him in his temple are we people that are 
gazing upon the beauty of God, just like two Sherpas live on the in the beauty of the Himalayan mountains, the beauty of Mount Everest. Okay, so the third thing, because you know, we've been named and it's we've been born into it, named, and we act we're acclimated to the presence of God and the mountain of God. We know the mountain well. So these guys, these guys um, are well aware of the the crevices, the pitfalls, the, they have these ice falls. They know when it's steep, they know when it's calm, they know the weather patterns. Another awesome challenge for worship leaders um, as we're trying to navigate how to lead, lead worship. I wanted to read something I read in National Geographic about these uh sherpas that set up the ropes all right so they it says so these ice fall they call them ice fall sherpas um a team of eight dedicated sherpas they install install these ropes from the uh, everest base camp up to camp two every single year they first scout the route for the safest and most direct path and they carry on their backs hundreds of pounds of ropes ladders ice screws pickets ice fall uh, ice fall equipment and create this route they check on the ropes every single day because sometimes it could it could the the terrain so think think as a worship leader so the terrain you're living in so they set these ropes to help people know where to go they set these ladders so people won't fall down these these crevices which could be hundreds of feet and then sometimes the stuff moves they say it can move the ice can move up to three feet a day which ladders could fall then or they could buckle so they have to daily be there, daily be there on the ice falls, on the ropes, fixing things, changing things so that these climbers, our fellow con our congregation, our people of God that we are inviting to the presence of the Lord, we've set a place for them. We've carried the weight of ladders and ropes, and then we've helped them, helped them get up to the mountain. They've helped them know how to get up the mountain, but we have to constantly be uh, looking at it and constantly be tweaking it and i just i just think that's so cool and they even once a year they have to change it they have to change the route the next year you can't you can't just set write a great song or find a great song and ride that for the rest of your life it's just the old testament reminds me of just just the manna that the lord would give and the people are like well thank you god you've, you've provided i'm not sure you're going to provide for tomorrow so i'm going to store it up and the lord the lord just put worms and infection into this manna it wouldn't work for the next day you have to trust the lord and you have to tend to it the next day so us as worship leaders are we tending to the changes right i mean we just had a year and a half of pandemic and it's it's not it's not over it's better but it's not over are we adjusting are we seeing that the landscape has moved and we have to move the ladders to say okay people of god now it's this way okay friends it's follow this rope um the ropes these ropes that they the sherpas would would lay guys every they would lay it from the ba from base camp all, all the way up to the summit i mean it's like a pathway it's where they're setting the actual path to get to the summit and all these climbers come and they know how to get up the mountain because of all the work that the sherpas did because they are used to the climate they could breathe and they know it they know they know the the uh the mountain so the fourth thing is and i love this I was reading about this. They love the mountain. Um, they were interviewing a Sherpa that said, um, "said the, one of the biggest challenges for us is that we we do this because we love it, 
and we're guiding people up the mountain who um, they want to be known for it. They want to be seen for their accomplishments. They want to become successful and famous for climbing the mountain. But we, we're here just because we love the mountain. They respect the mountain. It said in this article, it said even more than Sherpa's physical DNA, the Sherpa tends to have a, a belief system that is different than the extreme climber who pays thousands to climb a mountain, seeking mostly the thrill of personal achievement. In contrast, the Sherpa climbs out of respect for the mountain and for the chance to take care of family, of their family. So they climb from a, a love and respect. So why do, why do we do it, guys? Uh, and this is a bigger question now than ever. Um, when I, 20, a little over 20 years ago, when I started getting into leading worship um, and I would talk to young people, they would ask me, how do I do what you do? How do I become a worship pastor? How do I lead worship at a church? How do I serve at a church like you serve at a church? In the last five to 10 years, I hardly get that question. What I get from young people is how do I become a worship artist? How do I become a worship performer? How do I become a Christian uh, artist? And it's just things have changed where you can now make money off of this thing. Uh, I didn't have a clue you can make money. I didn't, I didn't have a clue that you could um, do this as a life and a career. And I'm so grateful that, you know, if you're working at a church, I work at a church and I, have a, I pull a, draw a salary from doing worship. That's amazing. Um, it's mind blowing actually, but, and I'm thankful for it, but it's a dangerous thing when this thing of ministering to the Lord and ministering to others could become so lucrative and could bring fame and bring significance and personal notoriety. And it's something that we have to be mindful of. And again, the Sherpas remind us, like, we're not here for fame. We're not here for uh, an endorsement deal from, from North Face or Patagonia. We live here. We love the mountain. We are named to do this. And we know, and we spend time doing it. And we're obsessed with the beauty. So there's a passage, uh, there's a moment in scripture, which I love. Um, um, Jesus, he's resurrected and he comes, um, he's back and he reveals himself to the disciples. And you see Peter jump out of the boat and the whole thing. Um, and then they take a walk. So like, let's just have a moment even right now where Jesus takes us for a walk. And here we are, we're worship leaders. We're named into it. We realize that. And we're named into it. So we spend time on the mountain. As we spend time gazing on the beauty of the Lord, we fall in love with the Lord. Um, we know the mountain well so we could help people climb the mountain because we know the different areas that are dangerous and we could help people climb. We could help people build. We could help build a path for people. So now Jesus wants to ask us what he asked Peter. So they went on this walk. This is after Jesus denied, or sorry, after Peter denied Jesus, they go on this walk on the beach and Jesus asks one question three times. You guys know this. He just says, do you love me? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love you. And then he says, do you love me again? Second time, third time, do you love me? And Peter's getting frustrated. Yes, I love you. And I just, I love that passage because I mean, he's walking with the Lord walks with us, you know, after we've denied him, after we've sought fame, after we've sought reputation, after we've dealt with fears and insecurities, anxiety. And he just doesn't say, okay, do you love the stage? Do you love, even do you love songs, even good things? Do you love even the church? Do you love me? And I want to encourage all of us to fall in love with him 
much more than all this stuff, much more than the gear, much more than the, than what this does to us, but who Jesus is. Do you love me more than all the stuff? Uh, so that fourth point really is, is, do you love it? Uh, the fifth piece was, um, that I know that I noticed in studying a lot about Sherpas and then knowing as a worship leader, but you will suffer. Um, over 300 deaths on Mount Everest, and most of them are Sherpas. And it's because Sherpas have spent are spending so much more time there, and, and Sherpas are helping so many others. Sherpas will summit, and this is amazing. We help people summit, and then they'll start bringing people down, and people get in trouble back on the summit. They'll go back up. The selflessness and the strength of these Sherpas, and they will stay with American climbers or climbers from all over the world. And a lot of them, because of their selflessness and because they are their own, only hope for other climbers, they have died. And I don't want this to be sound morbid or tough, but there is suffering. There's a, there's a doctrine of suffering. Jesus says it. If you want to share in my glory, you have to share in my suffering. There's even a big if, if you share in my suffering, will you see the glory uh, that is coming? And uh, we did a study in, we have a worship school here. We did a study on anointing oil. Um, and there's these apothecaries, it's basically the perfume makers that make anointing oil and myrrh or cinnamon, these different oils only can be um, created by suffering. So these trees, um, basically, you have to strip the bark off these trees, dry them out in the sun, and then there's an aroma and there's an ointment that comes out. It's through killing. <laughs> and doesn't it feel like some of our life as worship leaders, there's a killing of us that creates the aroma that brings anointing. Um, there's actually a tree that they call the weeping tree that makes myrrh, um, which is really, really interesting. They say when they're extracting this oil, it looks like the tree is crying. You know, so if you've ever led worship and you start crying, <laughs> let it go. This is this anointing that's that's flowing there. But the point is that the point is that anointing and suffering are kind of inseparable. Mm -hmm. Um and the Sherpas know this. The Sherpas have said, Yeah, we you know, we work hard, we suffer. <laughs> and I just wanna just affirm you as worship leaders, we work hard, we even suffer. Um, the sixth thing that it is that you will have many roles. I, uh, one of the things I read in that National Geographic article about Sherpas is, is um, it's talking about Sherpas. It says, as well as carrying oxygen bottles, water, food, the Sherpa duties include also navigation, setting up camp, managing uh, the other Sherpas, uh, plus the highly technical climbing skills, uh, a job that can encompass not just the duties of a guide, but also those of a butler, motivational coach, a therapist, a lifeguard. And this is a big one for worship leaders. Um, nowadays, I see it more than ever. If you have a skill of singing, I've seen often people or pastors are throwing you up on stage to lead worship. Um, churches have been planted almost faster than we're able to train worship leaders, almost mm -hmm. faster than we're able to, to train mindful and thoughtful worship leaders. So you have a lot of people who go, okay, if I could sing well, and you have a lot of even pastors are saying, good, get up on stage. 
after months of that, it's kind of like, okay, maybe you could bring something with of a little bit more depth, a little bit, you know, maybe you could pastor the people. It's like, I just, and there, there's a lot of worship leaders going, I'd love to, but I just don't know how. And something about the Serpas is they're not just climbers. They're also carriers of gear. They're also hel uh, helping people, uh, <laughs> bringing uh, therapy to people who are struggling on the mountain. And for worship leaders, we are so much more than, the term worship leaders, not even in the scripture, but we are pastors, we are shepherds, we are evangelists, we are teachers. Um, and then we are also musicians. And I just want to encourage you, um, if you sing well, that's awesome. Learn an instrument as well. You know, if you play an instrument well, awesome. Learn learn leadership. Um, you can actually dive into what it's like to, to create culture and and leadership. Okay, great. How about um, our theological chops, you know, and study the word of God and what, you know, all that goes into that study doctrine, because we have such an amazing opportunity when we lead worship to be so much more than worship singers. You know, we are prophets as well. We are seers of the future and declares of what's coming. And as songwriters, what an amazing thing to do that. And I, I, I would encourage all of you, if you don't write, but just to at least try to write. Um, because I think that these days there's more, there's, a, there's just millions of songs out there. We, and it's a wonderful thing. That's a gift. But the weakness of that is that we could lean on other people's uh, manna. We could lean on other people's revelation and kind of echo it and kind of looks, we could echo it well enough that it kind of looks like our own. But I think Jesus has a song for your church. I think he has a song for you. And I would encourage you to, to tap into it, to go for it. And I think that you'll even see like, wow, I've gotten pretty good at echoing. Um, but I think God is saying, I want also for you to be a voice. And a voice that other people echo. Because echoing is not, not bad. But there's so much in you and there's so much in your church that you need to declare. You need to sing. So that sixth point was like, you you just will have many roles and you should have many roles. Um, and it's, it's part of the challenge. It's part of the beauty. All right. Almost done. Um, Good job. The seventh, thanks. Andy. The seventh, the seventh thing is you will rarely get the glory. Um, this is a big thing for sure, because you don't, like I was saying early on in this talk, you don't really um, hear much about them. You don't really hear their names. Um, and if you've actually could look up pictures of Sherpas, they're the ones in kind of the muted jackets <laughs> and, and next to the American with the bright yellow North face, full body thing with the ice picks that are brand new, have never been used. Um, and who gets the credit for climbing these mountains is often those guys, the ones with the bright colors and, and the Sherpas who laid the ropes for them to get there, hardly ever get the credit. Um, I read an article uh, about a Sherpa kind of just laughing about a Westerner just saying it's amazing how much they were crediting themselves for climbing the hardest mountain in the world. And they never made a mention that it was our ropes that they used, that it was our ladders that led them that way. Um, he's like, we just hardly get any credit. But I, I, I was diving into it. I was like, oh, I wonder if it saddens them. And he just was laughing. It, he just did not care. Um, and I would just encourage all of us, like, you know, if our pastors don't seem to praise us enough, you know, 
it's okay. He's got a lot of other stuff going on. If you lead a worship set that you've thought through, you were mindful, you strategize these moments, the Lord gave you a word in the middle of it, it was just epic, and no one said anything to you, it's okay. You are helping people climb the mountain of the Lord, and you may never get the, grat the thanks or the praise, the accolades. It may never go public how awesome you were or are. But like these Sherpas could teach us, they're not in it for that. They love the mountain. <laughs> they're born into it. We love the mountain. That's why we do this, guys. We, it's not worship leading, it's not just something we do. It's something that we are, and we love the presence of God. And we get to help people climb. We get to help people not just fall off the side of a cliff in a whiteout, which we've kind of been in a whiteout this last year and a half with pandemic and tensions in the streets. And if you're, if you're American, politics have just been a disaster. And we get to go before the people setting ropes and ladders to say this way, this is the well-worn path to Jesus. That's why we do this. Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome. And the last thing I just want to say is that Jesus himself is the head Sherpa. <laughs> he, is the, he is the great leader. He has laid himself down, not considering himself equal with God. He came not to be served, but to serve. He came to wash the feet of those he was serving. And then we also saw a pretty extraordinary leadership move by him spending a few years with his people, his team. He had his more inner circle of 12, but many others recruited to help in ministry, but he gave it to them. He gave them the mission. And we are those people. He gave us the mission. What a leader. Um, and we get to follow, as Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ is, mm -hmm. he's the head Sherpa. So we guys, we just have really cool work to do. And it just helps me to see, a picture of it. it helps me to see this kind of human metaphor this picture of these guys known as the sherpa who that is who they are it's also what they do and and they help people accomplish extraordinary things and we get to do that we could do that in a 10 minute worship set we could do it in a 30 minute hour and a half worship set we get to help people climb we get to help people mm -hmm. see jesus we get to help people encounter the presence of jesus that changes everything we get to help people get to the summit of something, of victory, and look around and shout and scream in victory. We get to help people get through a situation of life that is difficult. We could mm -hmm. show them the rope. It's like, this is what we, we went out before you to set this rope. It's this way. It's actually, it's not this way. This way leads to death. This way leads to life. And we get to lay ourselves down for these people, possibly even to our own death. Um, I love over um, chap, uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The last half of that verse, though it's not quoted a lot, is they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They did not love their reputation so much as to shrink back from danger and from death. So lay yourselves out there. Do the work. Go before the, the people. And... And just know this is in you. It's just, it's in your name. I know there's insecurities. I know there's fears. I have done it. Actually, I just listened to um, 
Paul Blosh do the Wilco Girl class. I don't know, it was months ago. Just because Paul's a dear friend of mine and um, he's, he's just someone who's been he's been there for me. And he actually talked about insecurity and fear and just questioning who you are. And he goes, he's he just says, guys, I've been around long enough. I know these people that maybe you know. I know these people that maybe names of yours that that you look to like, wow, what a worship leader, what a leader, what a top speaker, what a what a whatever. And Paul's like, chances are I've talked to those people. Chances are I've counseled those people in through their own fears and insecurities. And I was listening to that. I was like, I'm one of those people. I have, I released an album two years ago called Unveil. And it's the hardest I've worked on a project. It's it, I love this project. Um, but it got me. I mean, it got me. I lost sight of Jesus. I lost sight of who I am, who I was. Um, I found myself depressed. Um, I thought it would do better, which who knows how do how do you even measure any of that stuff? And I called Paul Blush. I just said, Paul, have you ever felt <laughs> two hours later, you know, and then voicemail was back and forth for months, you know. So anyway, I long to be that for others. I long to be a Sherpa for those young Victor Mendoza is on this call right now. He's He's one of our youth worship leaders. Victor, I want to be that for you. I want to be a Sherpa that you can lean on. And so anyway, fellow Sherpas, I want to read Psalm 90 real quick, verse 17, over you. And then, Jenny, I, if you have a, something that you want to do that's great, the only thing I thought to do was it'd really be cool to like, take a moment and kind of like gaze upon the Lord. Um mm -hmm. And just kind of imagine ourselves at high altitude with God, <laughs> you know, and see his beauty and fall in love with it and just take a moment to be in the presence of, uh, of the Lord. Just like mm -hmm. these Sherpas are in the presence of the high altitude mountain that they have fallen in love with. But uh, I just want to read this over uh, the work of our hands. Psalm 90 verse 17, it says, it says, let the beauty and delightfulness and favor of our Lord, our God, be upon us. Confirm and establish the work of our hands, God. Yes, the work of our hands. Confirm and establish it. I think that is good for me. Uh, Jenny, you want, do you want to jump in or can, I, can we jump into that, that time? I think that you should. Just when you said that, I just felt the presence of God just fill the room. Mm. Actually, I just awesome. started crying. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just to know the mountain of the Lord well, to be able to breathe easy, we have to spend time with Jesus. We have mm. to gaze. You can't declare the beauty of the Lord unless you've gazed upon it. Yeah. You cannot talk about the mountain unless you've been on it. So let's just take a few minutes and just calm our hearts, calm our anxious thoughts. Like, I mean, even if it helps you, like, picture yourself on the mountain. I mean, there actually is amazing scripture. There's passages in, in Micah and Isaiah, prophecies about the new Jerusalem. I, the new the city of Jerusalem eventually will be the highest mountain. It will be the, it would be the hill above all hills. 
I don't think that's saying that it's going to be higher than Mount Everest. I don't know though. <laughs> the point is it will have a beauty. It will have a grandeur that draws all men, all women to itself. Um, this is the future that is coming for us. There's something about the mountain. I can't get over it. Last time I talked about like ascending and this time talking about like being a guide to help people up the mountain. So let's just take a second guys. Let's just get ourselves to the mountains. Just gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. One thing do I desire of God. One thing do I ask. I want to dwell in your house. I want to gaze upon your beauty. So Jesus, would you reveal who you are to us? Would you show us your face? Would you show us the mountain of God, the mountain of the Lord that you've called us to climb and to help others climb? It's overwhelming, the beauty. The mountain peaks. It's right there in front of us, the beauty. Help us to gaze upon it, Lord, to see it. And even as we're gazing upon it, Lord, would you show us different things about it? Would you reveal things about you that you want us to share with our people? At first, you want to give us personal revelation for us, but then something we could pass on as well. Help us to see it, Lord. We look upon you. Holy Spirit, fill every room, every heart. Just take 30 seconds. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to say anything. But just, let's just see what the Lord shows us as we, as we dwell. That's awesome. Jesus, we love you. We do this because we love you. Our love for you, Lord, gives us thoughts and ideas. It's not our thoughts and ideas that give us you. You're first. You went first. It's so now somehow, some way, Lord, give us the strength to go first, to go before the people, maybe an unglorious job, to go before the people, help us to lay out the ladders and the ropes in the right places, God. Would you give us insight into what's happening in our world and culture? How do we create the right path to you to help others ascend? And Lord, when they don't give credit, it's okay. We let that go. We're here because we love you. Mm -hmm. and we are named. We bear your name. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Can we all say amen? I know we can't hear each other, but just say amen. <laughs> amen. So good. Um, John uh, read Revelations 12, 11. Um, and I actually was going to read it at the end because uh, when mm -hmm. you were speaking, I was thinking about it. But I really love how it says it in the New Living. And it says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Mm that they were afraid to die. And uh, I'm just, I know some of you on here 
and I, I don't know everybody on here, but it's like the longer these conversations go, sometimes it's like, you know, it's like the deeper these conversations go and it's just, um, just kind of the way I'm wired. It's like, I can feel people in the room and it's just like, I can feel some people's um, seasons. And yeah. um, just at the end there, John, when you opened it up, I was just like, whoa. And um, if we could just lift up our hands, you know, I just think nothing is mm. weird. You know, right. if you think nothing's Same. awkward, then nothing can be awkward. You know, I'm just right. over that, you know, just out of our love for God and one another, what is awkward, you know, and just to embrace these holy ground moments, you know, just like even today on Zoom. Um, but I'm just so mindful of even scriptures where it says, uh, be faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. Mm. And, and I was just sharing this with our church last night at prayers. It's just, I really believe that God is pouring out a fresh anointing on the faithful ones. You know, and I just want to say to all of you, well done. Well done on the hilltop, but well done in the valley. Yeah. Well done when it didn't make sense. Well done yeah. when you were confused. Well done when you felt all alone. Well done when you were betrayed, when you were hurt, when you were forgotten, mm. when you might have felt misused, abused, uh, when you felt misunderstood, you know, but you chose to look to God anyway and do the right thing, you know. I just hear the Lord just saying, well done, and um, just wanting to promote a fresh anointing on you guys, just to continue to not just belong to the mountain, but to love to belong to the mountain. Mm. You know, just as David said, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're pouring out a fresh anointing on your sons and your daughters today, Lord Jesus, to be empowered to do everything that you've called us to be, Lord, so that we can do everything that you call us to do, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you that these are the days of grace. These are not dark days, but these are bright days, Lord Jesus, that are going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter, Lord Jesus, God. And as we take our place even more on that mountain, Lord Jesus, may your light shine through us brighter and brighter and brighter, Lord Jesus, that the world would see you, Lord Jesus, and by seeing you, God, that they would be transformed. God, may we not be the worship leaders that just want an experience for experience sake, but Lord, may these be days that we're going into the inner court often. We're going into the inner court daily, Lord Jesus, God, um, that we are leading mm. people out of those holy ground moments. Lord, we're not leading on empty, Lord Jesus, but we are leading from a deep, deep place with God, that relationship where it's just you and us, God. God, may we just get caught up with you this season, not all the other things, not the frustrations, not the anger that's in the world, not the cares, Lord Jesus. But God, may we know that by our very presence, Lord Jesus, whether it be on a stage, whether it be in a supermarket, whether it be in our home, whether it be in a doctor's office, wherever we are, Lord, that we can change the atmosphere wherever yeah. we are at, Lord Jesus, be because we're carriers of all that you are. But we thank you for this anointing today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Guys, so good. We could have gone in so many different directions, but yeah. I think that was a good one. I think that was a good one. John, thank you. Hey, guys, such an honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening to me yeah. for 40 minutes, 45 an hour, whatever. Oh, please. I'll take it. I don't take it lightly. Yeah. Uh, we don't take this lightly either, and uh, we so appreciate you. And guys, we're going to get this up on podcast uh, pretty quick, okay, as fast as we can, so we can.
edit it into as many hands as possible so that you guys can share it. Uh, we need words like this this season to remind us of who we are and right. where we are going. Don't lose sight mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ, you know, because he is going to be our true north in these uncertain times. And we don't have to be afraid, you know. We're not those who draw back. But we're those who believe to the saving of our soul. So. Mm. Hey guys, appreciate you. Uh, next month, um, Paul actually just wrote me, Paul Balash. Paul, you like, did? Paul yeah. I mean, he, I guess I missed an email from him last week and he was like, Jenny. So um, we're going to be <laughs> having him with us next month. And we just, you know, we love Paul. You know what? When Paul is searching out to be with us, that's a good thing, you guys. That's yeah. like a very special thing that I don't take lightly. So uh, we love all these guys that travel together and we're so blessed to have them. So thank you, John. God bless you and your family. And Victor, thank you. bless you, you know, all of you new lifers. And uh, bless you guys in your churches. We love you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.